Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great conversation to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. And today we're talking about experiential learning and the future of learning with a friend of mine who is a veteran of the industry, someone who has worked with tons and tons of great companies and clients all over the world for many years and knows a lot about what's going on in the space and is really thinking hard about what is coming and where things are going. And that is the conversation we're having today. My guest today is Don Jones, who is the founder and chief experience designer for a company called Experience It, where he is focused on working with clients for more than 34 years to create immersive learning experiences that push the envelope on what is possible in education, both in the classroom through behavioral simulations and through distributed virtual immersion reality experiences. Don, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Well, Andy, let's just cut it right there. That's perfect. That's, That's it. Perfect. Yeah, we're That's done, right? We Sounds good. It's all it's all downhill. Well, Don, I have I've had the pleasure of getting to know you a little bit over the years. We worked together a little bit while I was with Advantage Performance Group, yep. which has been in the past a, a main sponsor and supporter of this show for many years. You are a learning service provider through Advantage. And uh, so we met through there and I've gotten to see, you know, some of the work that you do and the experiences that you create. And it, it's always really impressive stuff. And, you know, like I said, you've been doing this for 34 years. How did you get into this, by the way? Well, and you, you gave me permission to ask you a couple of questions. So I'm going to flip it right away. Okay. All right. right let's go. Right away. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for that nice intro. And it was lovely working with you at APG, which I have a huge respect for. What a bunch of professionals. And, uh, and, and you're an example of that. So thanks a lot for having me on your show. So I'm going to flip it. Okay. Andy, I want you to tell me, and I want to ground this conversation. What was the best learning experience of your life? Might have been a coach, might have been a teacher, might have been starting this crazy business you started, might have been, you know, playing with your kids. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the best, but a great learning experience. Let's ground the conversation in that. I'll share one of mine. Yeah. One of the best learning experiences of my life. Yeah. No, so interesting. Be because everything in life, I do believe that we learn the most through experiences, right? And I guess one of the things that comes right to my mind is something that connects directly to the work that you do and, and the work that we're doing. And what we're talking about today is, you know, before you and I met, I worked for seven years for BTS, which is another company mm -hmm. that creates business simulations. And I think about this all the time. I had gone to business school and gotten an MBA and I went to the classes and I did fine in the classes, learning finance and strategy and operations, supply chain and all that sort of stuff. But then I got a job with this consulting company. I was creating these business simulations, modeling companies, getting up in front of a room and facilitating conversations and talking to people about how their business worked. And yeah. I learned way, way, way more from wow. doing that, from going through that experience and knowing, okay, I'm not just learning this passively. I need to go teach this to other people and be the expert in front of the room. So I need to know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. And I'm digging into real life numbers and then talking to people who work in those jobs about mm -hmm. how they do it. And it really, really sunk in and mm -hmm. taught me way more about business and leadership and strategy and all those things than I ever could have learned in school. 
Wow, I, I love that. And uh, you know, when you see when you hear the passion in which you express that, and when you talk to people about their best learning experiences, I mean, you're a passionate guy pretty much all the time, you know. Yeah. But some people aren't. But when you talk to them about their learn their best learning experience, the passion really does come out. It goes deep with them. And yeah. I'll share one of mine. It okay. was, you know, I've been in this business 34 years. I can tell you who my great two teacher was. Hmm. I, I dedicated my book to her, the book that I first wrote, Walk Softly and Carry a Big Idea. I dedicated to her. Hmm. I'm not the type to, that keeps in touch with teachers. Yeah. My mother gave it to her. She broke down and cried. Hmm. And I remember her because she took the time for me. I remember it. I've been, I'm 66 years old and I can tell you about my grade two teacher. Mm. Teachers and classrooms and learning make a huge difference. You've got kids, Andy, and you yeah. know when you feel like you're giving them over to a teacher who cares, mm. you know you feel great. But sometimes yeah. that's not the case. Nice. So when we've got a great learning environment, it really changes lives. And that's why I got in this business. So I want to ground it in those kind of learning experience because it's not necessarily one type of learning. As you know, it's not necessarily books or simulations or in-class yeah. or digital. It's really about finding those moments for individual students to help them feel seen. And I mean that for adults too, not just kids. And uh, how do they feel seen and how do they have agency in their own learning? So hmm. I did start this business 34 years ago. We focus on behavioral learning, which is a specific track of learning that you're very aware of. And there's a reason we do that. So you tell me where you want me to go with this, because I could just talk all day about what we do and how we do it. You mentioned that you, you really focus on behavioral learning and yeah. sometimes because I come from that space as well, at least, you know, spent many years in the behavioral learning space. Yeah. I feel like if we talk about it, maybe we're preaching to the choir a little bit. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are like, mm -hmm. yeah, we behavior learning all about it or experience or learning all about it. And yet all the time I go places and I see, you know, still learning programs that don't really engage people very much. So can you talk about what behavioral learning is and, and the power of it? Yeah, absolutely. So I got into the business without knowing what I was doing. I was a marketing director for Canada's Olympic teams. That's what I trained to do. I was an athlete in university. I loved my job, but I wanted to get into the training space. So I just jumped in. Mm. I started preaching from the front of a room, doing lectures. And I thought it's got to be a better way. I was a chess fanatic. I was a strategy, strategy guy. So I thought I'll design a simulation. But I'm also an author. If you look behind me, you'll see the story outline of a novel I've been working on for a couple of years. So I, I care deeply about story. So I decided to do simulations in a slightly different way and immerse people in a complete story. And I think a lot of the things that pass for behavioral learning are the equivalent of this, Andy. If you came home and said, I went through a course last night and it was about listening, you know, this important behavioral learning skill, foundational, and your wife said, how did you do? And you got into a conversation with you and you explained that I got 98 out of 100 on the behavioral learning test mm -hmm. while you were interrupting her. I think a lot of behavioral learning comes down to people logically understanding, and, and this is wrong, but most of the behavioral learning you see out there, it, it, it really, and people get evaluated on whether they logically understand intellectually the concepts behind the behavioral skill. Mm -hmm. That is not behavioral learning. That doesn't do anything. Behavioral learning can't be taught. It has to be experienced. And the two ways it can be experienced are one, real life, but that's expensive. 
when you make mistakes. It's yeah. really expensive. I've made a lot of them. And, I was just thinking of your so, question, like how many things I've learned from making mistakes. Right. And I tell everybody in my company, I've made way more mistakes than everybody in my company combined, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't mind mistakes at all. As long as it's falling forward, it's, it's go, it's good for me, but that behavioral learning has to be experienced. And so simulation, as you well know, is the second best way to learn that. And it's the cheapest because you don't have the, the real world penalties of failure. So it's, right. it's something I care deeply about. Now, the future of behavioral learning is through deep immersion storytelling. And mm. right now, I think our industry, you know, when we set out, and we're going to talk a little bit about infinity during this call, but when we set out to say, hey, what are we going to do for the next three years? We could either, when the pandemic hit, I thought I could retire. It's fine. Mm. I like my life. And I've been doing this for a long time. Or I could do what I've always wanted to do, was try to finish this affinity project that we've been kicking around for a long time. And I said, let's double down. So we we didn't even look for business for two and a half years. I self-funded our whole team to just design this thing. We were trying to solve what we consider the most important problem in our industry. So I asked our class this when we started at your conference. Yep. When, if you had all the time in the world, all the money in the world, what, what problem would you try to solve in our industry? What problem would you try to solve, Andy? And everybody had different ideas, and they were all great ideas. And then I'll share what ours our focus sure. was. Yeah, and I forgot to mention in our introduction that, of course, you did lead a session at the Talent Development Think Tank conference that we hosted just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm I'm so glad you did. I heard great things about it. I stopped in for maybe about 10 minutes, and then I had to go check on some other things. I was kind of running around. I was just recorded an episode for this podcast that aired a couple of weeks ago that one of the things I said, I was kind of recapping the conference, and then I realized as I'm recapping all of the sessions that I didn't really get to immerse myself in, it's like my one regret, not a regret, yeah. but, you know, miss from the conference. I didn't get to immerse myself in some of the workshops like yours because right. I was like running around making sure that everything was running yep. smoothly. <laughs> I did sit in the keynotes and they were, they were fantastic, yep. but I, you know, I know I heard great things about the stuff you did. And right. I, I would say like, what comes to mind for me yeah. as like two great challenges to solve in our space. Number one is there seems to be, uh, number one is the great challenge of People being promoted because they're good at their job as an ICE, you know, individual contributor, being promoted to manager when it requires a completely different skill and then not having the training and knowing how to do it. And, and many of them, you know, failing in that role as a result. Uh, that's one big yeah. challenge that I think is very common that I don't think anyone's completely figured out. And then the second one would be probably the juxtaposition. I hear that uh, the number one thing that people want is more development, right? In a career, in a job with a company is how are we going to be developed? They want more career growth, more development opportunities. And then at the same time, people say they don't have time, right? For development. So that's probably the other challenge is like, okay, how do you give people what they want if they say they don't even have time to engage it if you give it to them? Boy, those are are great challenges. And if you were in our room when that was going around, I mean, everybody had very different, every table kind of approached as a team and had really, really interesting insights. And then when when we went around the room, they asked, well, what did you decide as a company that you were going to spend two and a half years on with no other business, just trying to solve it? It was individual engagement at Mm. scale. Hmm. If you can't get individual engagement at scale, you can't train behavioral learning. You can train logical learning. You can train memorization. You can train strategy understanding. You can't train behavioral learning because let's say your kids are going to school, but they're not engaged with the teacher. It's not a good teacher. It's not a good environment. And they're not engaged. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter what tests they're giving them. It's not yeah. them. Right. It's not who they are. The yeah. same with us adults. If we're not in, fully engaged and immersed in the experience we're in, yeah. then it doesn't matter the tests or the feedback or the support or the coaching you get because it's not really you. You're not showing up. So there's yeah. no feedback that's relevant. So individual engagement at scale, I think, is the number one problem. You know, I was on a call not too long ago with Stanford, MIT, Harvard, and we we're all talking about uh, MOOCs, you know, multi-open mm -hmm. online courses. Yeah. And they were talking about having 10,000 students in some courses, and they mm -hmm. were quite proud of that. And, I, and, and they should be. I mean, these are great schools. But then I asked, what's the completion rate? Can mm. you guess what the completion rate of that is? Just I would for a MOOC, I don't know. People can enroll basically for free, right? Yeah. I would guess 10%. 3%. Ooh, 3%. wow. Yeah. Now then I asked, then I asked, well, why? Why? Because these are great schools. Obviously, they have great content. They have some of the best content in the world with the best pedigree behind it. Why would only 3% complete those, even if it is for free? And they, they started saying things like, well, people are busy, right? And all these other things. But as soon as you find an industry that says it's the consumer's problem, why they're not consuming your product, mm -hmm. that's an industry that's ripe for disruption. Right. What they should have been saying, I believe, and not that it's easy, believe me, and I have great respect. I took a course at MIT when I wanted mm -hmm. to learn about AI, and everybody was telling me what AI was. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'd like to learn for myself. So I went and I took a course with one of the best guys in the world. And I just yeah. spent 10 days with them, you know, and oh. I came out, you know, learning a lot. Yeah. But so I have great respect for these schools, for sure. But until they say it's our problem, we have to solve the problem. Of course, they're busy. That's life today. So how do we fit into this world and create individual engagement at scale? In the yeah. same way that you can do in a classroom when your teacher's really good with 30 people, then how do you scale that to 10,000 at once and every individual to have an individual experience in that simulation? Yeah. That's what we tried to crack the code on. That's what I think we cracked the code for generation one called infinity. And that took us two and a half years. It's, it wasn't easy. It's not easy. And that's why it took us about two million bucks in two and a half years right. to come out with what we consider generation one. I'm a designer. I'm more interested in design than anything else. Yeah. So I'm already on generation two as yeah. we're rolling out generation one for our right. clients. So the future is around that. And the yeah. people who can crack that will change the world for your kids, will change the world. And, uh, you know, COVID challenged digital learning and it failed. And kids were really hurt in that. There's no reason they couldn't be going into amazing experiences, world stories, where they yeah. go, sorry, I can't come to dinner, Dad. I got to finish this course. It's amazing. Right. That's what learning should be. And why not? Why yeah. not? Why does it have to be the entertainment industry only that captures us like that? Yeah. Oh, man, that is a that is a big question and a big challenge. And I remember you when you started this a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. So two and a half years, 2 million bucks. So you put a lot into this and you, you said, you think yeah. you cracked the code. Obviously there's no perfect solution. There's always ongoing. Mm -hmm. We have to keep getting better all the time. As I like to say, the pace of change is faster than it's ever been before. And it's it's only getting faster, right? It's slower today than it's going to be. So it's just going to keep getting faster. Yeah. Things are not going to slow down or stop or get back to quote normal, right? So so what did you come up with? Like what what is the yeah. solution? Tell, you know, tell me about Infinity and what you created. Oh man, 
Well, there's there's really five pegs to it. But when we when we really look at the core of it, Andy, there's really three things that we say, well, what is our real differentiation? What what is the hardest thing to do? And the hardest thing to do of the I'll just talk about the three legs on a stool, like yeah, the way pillars. we look at it. And it, yeah, it's 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 engagement, it's feedback, and it's transfer. Okay, those three right. things. But the core of it is if you can't do engagement, the feedback doesn't matter. And because it's useless and the, and the transferred application is transferring. It's like, like garbage in, garbage out for computer, mm -hmm. save for humans. So the core of our differentiation, what took us so long is to crack that code of individual engagement at scale. And okay, let's, we'll say, well, that's impossible. How do you get a thousand people to like the same thing in their own way? Yeah. Right. Or 10,000. Well, it's been done before, Andy. I'm an author. That, mm -hmm. That's a storyboard for the book I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And I'm a humble author in terms of it's a craft that I, I love and spend a lot of time on. I admire great authors that do amazing work. I'm just someone who's trying all the time. Yeah. You know, I've published a story, a fable, blah, 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 all that. But um, so it's about, first of all, pulling people in. When we send one book out, one fiction book out, it can go all over the world. Right. Many languages, different cultures, they can be completely enraptured in it if it's an amazing well-written. Mm -hmm. yeah. They can do it with the mega movies. They can do it. They can go all over the world, whether it's Bollywood sending them here or Hollywood mm -hmm. sending them there. If you do a great job, put a lot of energy, have the design talent, yeah. have the production talent, you can engage everybody with that. Story, mm -hmm. let's go back to the future. You know, Let's yeah. go back to the future. Storytelling has always been the core of learning. It's always been the core of learning, other than apprenticeship, which is walking by your dad or your mom or your friend or, or yeah. your boss or someone, you know? So it's always been. So let's go back to the future. But yeah. let's spend the time and money to create incredibly engaging worlds where people actually interact with characters they, they love and admire. Yeah. Now, when you go into most learning, and believe me, there's a million people in our field that I respect and I've learned from over the years. I started mm. not knowing nothing. There's so many kind people in this industry that mm. have helped me learn. But if you go to most learning, they spend about two days on character development in anything, mm. in anything. Well, if you're teaching behavioral learning and there's about that much depth to the characters, you're not engaged. Yeah. <laughs> They're like widgets. They might as well be the desk or the product or the or just another widget. We right. spent about nine months on five characters so that they're complex. They don't have they don't have uh, your work as the center of their life. They have families. They have health issues. Yeah. They have attitude. They have yeah. personalities. They have ambitions and goals. They have talents that you don't even know about. They have talents that they don't even know about. And one of the greatest gifts you could ever give them if you're leading this team in infinity is yeah. you could help them discover their talents. But the only way you can do that is by truly listening to them and engaging them as whole human beings. Right. And if you can't do that, if you can't make that happen in a simulated environment, you can't create individual engagement at scale. So right. our business model, Andy, has changed from what experience it has been in the past to where it'll go in the future, which is about spending an inordinate amount of money and yeah. time yeah. on that upfront experience so that a massive number of people can enjoy it yeah. at the individual level in an individual way. And then we created Thea 
who's a digital mentor we built from scratch, mm. who tracks, doesn't track your right and wrong answers, Andy. It tracks patterns of your behavior yeah. against four pillars, eight competencies and 24 behaviors, all of them customizable for our clients. Yeah. And she'll, she'll give you feedback in a way that's never happened before in our, in our industry that I know of. First, she'll give you a, a four pillar gap analysis where you'll see the strengths and weaknesses and all that. And I've had that before and I enjoy that. Yeah. She'll also give you continues and considers under each of those. And she'll then set you up in a series of conversations. One, you're going to have a conversation with your digital boss. Mm -hmm. And she'll talk to you about what it was like, about whether you hit her goals and mm. where she saw that you were off and how you were developing her most important team. So it's a it's a performance review that's real time. And she'll quote different things you did in the simulation with you. Then you'll have conversations. And this was the most fun to develop. And it's you'll have individual conversations with your five employees. And those five employees are professors. They're not, they're not giving you a lecture on how to be a leader. They're telling you what it was like for them to experience Don Jones as a leader yeah. and all my flaws and all the way, or the way they saw it. And they might, they might say things like, Hey, you didn't even listen to me in that conversation. I was trying to tell you about my mom. She's ill and I might need to take a little time. And you pushed it right back to the product. Or they might say, and we had uh, in our first client that's running right now, we had a gentleman come in and say he was he actually was almost brought to tears. Well, one of the one of his digital staff, this is how engaged they were, came back in and said, "Hey, Andy, I don't know if you know what you just said to me. Uh, I'm going to go home and tell to tell it to my partner tonight because it's changed my the way I view this company in a great way." And you mm -hmm. might have thought it was nothing. So they give you real feedback as humans, not as professors. And some of it's hard to hear. Some of it's great to hear. Yeah. And they're not right or wrong. You shouldn't change all your behaviors because of that. But you should look for patterns over your five employees, over Laura. And Laura, by the way, is Laura Taylor, the great-great-granddaughter of Frederick Winslow Taylor, the industrial revolutionist, efficiency expert. But she has a different view on the future of learning in yeah. the future of business, where she says it's more about the human component. Right, so you're looking though, at making this very personal to everybody who is going through the experience and giving them, yeah. like we talked about the behavioral learning, the experiential learning, like the practice, real practice. And, you know, I talked to like Tim Hagen has been on this yeah. podcast in the past, friend of mine, who's an expert on creating coaching culture, talks all the time about the importance of practice. If you're going to help yeah. your managers become better at coaching, right? You can't just give them theory and say, here's, here's how you do it. When you, earlier you were talking about simulations being a cheaper way to learn than, you know, the real life yeah. mistakes, right? And what I thought of was something I thought about all the time when I was in that game was that, the, you know, the military has been using simulations to practice for decades, right? As a yeah. safe way to practice something without people actually losing life versus just waiting until they get into combat, you know, to try something new. And then obviously there's like very, very serious ramifications that can come from that. Well, when I first got in this business, the first people I turned to to understand simulations were people in the military, just because I had a connection mm -hmm. and I sat down with them to understand why they were doing what they were doing. And, and one of the ways when we think about giving feedback, there's one thing to get a four pillar gap analysis, which we do. It's data. It's numbers. It shows scores and in relationship to most people going through the experience. That's one level of data. But another level of data is your employee saying that you didn't listen to her. Mm -hmm. That feels very, very different than a low listening score. Mm 
And it is different if you care about these people. And you do inside these inside infinity. You develop a relationship for them. As a matter of fact, I don't want to give away the ending, but James dies at the ending. And James is, is your most senior guy. He dies just before retirement. And it leads the whole team to, to have a memorial to him where they talk about, what do we do? Did I say I appreciated James enough? He's, he was... He has his background, by the way. He was a criminal when he mm. was in his 20s, big yeah. time criminal. Right. And then he came out. He's been given the key to the city now because he came out, reformed himself, did amazing things. Yeah. And he's the, the, the kindest man in the company. And everybody's benefited by James. They love him. And by the way, you as his leader, you're younger than him because most people in the simulation are younger than him leading yeah. them. Yeah. You have an opportunity. You don't have to do it, but half the people going through the game do it. You have an opportunity to say to James, hey, James, before you retire, do you mind mentoring me? Mm. He's your employee. Yeah. And to do that, to humble yourself and say, yeah. of course, he knows more about life than I do. Right, like, right. Why wouldn't I turn to him? And he loves it when you do that. He recognizes what course, you're doing. Yeah. And he becomes your best mentor for mm. that year. Even Probably though he's answer. working for you. And so the, you get an emotional attachment to him because he's talking about retiring, dancing with his granddaughter, who's soon to be coming into the world. And mm -hmm. her name's Ginger. So he sees himself as Fred Astaire dancing with Ginger. And he talks about these things. And then he dies. Like Bambi's oh. mother gets killed. Man. People have an emotional experience around that because he feels real. To me, he is real. We've yeah. lived with him for two and a half years, right? Mm -hmm. He came off that storyboard and he took a, a life on, on his own. So individual engagement at scale is absolutely possible. What I'm hearing, Don, is like, I, I love the development of these characters in this story. And it's unlike any learning experience that I can think of that I've been involved in and anything else that I see out there. And you know, you made a point earlier that I think it's important to, to call out that humans, we learn so much through story and that for thousands of years, I'm actually right now reading the book Sapiens, which is about the, you know, the history I've of read it. Yeah. yeah I, it. I figure you probably have read it. It's such a fantastic book, right? Mm -hmm. History of mankind. And for thousands and thousands of years, the only way we learned was through story, right? People telling yeah. stories about what happened in the past. You think about uh, the Odyssey, Odysseus and, and all of that. And that's how we learn not to make mistakes. We learn from other people's mistakes, right? And yet it's so funny that today, because we have so much technology and everything available to us, we we tend to just focus in on here's the facts of things you need to know and we get away from storytelling. So you're obviously going back to that in a big, big way. And I can see that being even more powerful in the future. And I've tried to get better at that as well. You know, what do you want people to get out of this as they go through wow. it? Oh man, that is a big question, Andy. And it's a great question. You know, and I, <laughs> their humanity. Mm. I want them to remember they're pretty darn good right now. Everybody listening to this podcast, you and I, all our, our kids, our friends, our families, all these people to take back their humanity away from the experts. Like you're an expert in your field. I'm an expert in my field. I try, yeah. I try to keep that naivete that I had when I started the business 34 years ago, but sometimes I lose it to my detriment. Mm. But to take back your humanity and really think about, that's why I started this. What was your best learning experience? Yeah. Not, not what's the theory of learning. I don't, I don't believe that there's an adult theory of learning and a child yeah, theory. To, but learning. to make it really personal, yes. what I'm wondering from you, I love yeah. where you're going with this, is like you created this huge program, Infinity, and this experience and the storyline and characters. 
as let's say you work with a company and employees are going through this, like what, yeah, what do you want, expect them to get from going through this experience? Yeah. Great. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Right now there's, if they used it right off the shelf, they'd use four pillars of learning, like developing a high performance team, creating an adaptive, innovative culture, understanding contextual intelligence, how to work across silos. And the last one forming human digital partnerships, human first. So that's across three episodes. So there's three episodes followed by Mm. digital mentor and then followed by something we call the infinity coaching application. So Thea, the digital mentor, gives you all that feedback. She jumps from your computer onto your mobile device and she says, Andy, I've got your scores here. I've got your patterns of behavior. What do you want to work on? You answer her questions and she says, okay, Andy, I'll mix both of those things. I'll curate some 20 days of individual nudging for you back in the workplace. No more than three to five minutes every morning, but targeted specifically to your patterns and your goals. So what I want people to take out of this, and we try to we try to drill this home as much as we can. Like we have optional workshops that our client has taken us up on that's going along with those three episodes. So in those workshops, we really try to get people to say, don't worry about memorizing this. Don't worry about learning. Just enjoy it. Play the experience. Failing can be an amazing learning experience too. But, but, but try your best and see what you're doing. Experiment, play, all that. But when they come out of it, we just want them to focus on one or two behaviors. Mm. Out of all that learning, say, here's one or two behaviors I'm going to try to change. Not that I'm going to try to memorize and tell my wife I'm a good listener, but one or two behaviors that says I'm going to become a good listener by nudging it every day. Or I'm going to become better at seeing contextually and working across styles because I'm going to nudge it every day. So an episode, the digital mentor, a workshop, and the 20 days takes that amount of time. And it's three to five minutes every day. And then they can go through a second episode with the same routine in the third episode. Each one of those is a complete learning cycle of reflect of experience, reflection, action, feedback, transferred application. And then what's also there, Andy, is we ask them questions on the coaching app. And then the client gets anonymized aggregated data from week one in the entire program. So we're collecting data. And over time, years down the road, that data is going to be one of the most important things that comes out of this because it's going to tell them what's what's working, what's not. How can we, where do we got to augment this? Is it different in North America or in Barcelona? Hmm. You know, what's what are the results? So so what I want people to get out of this is so it's about really believing that you can change one or two behaviors that will make a huge difference to your career mm-hmm. own your your career own your life yeah. well own your behaviors because that's the core of it yeah and so so let's own those behaviors and let's improve one or two of them and then when you and let's experiment with them in a safe practice field called infinity where it's okay to fail you're allowed yeah. to play you'll yeah. get the feedback that's valuable learning so that's what we want people to get out of it yeah and that's huge. If people, you know, people can go it's through huge. that and get those results and you have employees actually looking to change one or two behaviors, not everything, like you said, right. But one or yeah, two, no. that, that all adds up, right. The little percentages, they add up and you, know, you could yeah. save a job here, save a job there, help a leader, you know, mentor someone better, have someone, you know, kind of figure out what they need to do to become a better communicator. The, the impacts could be huge. We, we got to wrap things up in a couple of minutes here, but wow. one other wow. thing that I, I know, one other thing I, I wanted to get to, which you started to touch on is this idea of the future of learning and where things are going. And it sounds like you are very passionate around this idea of 
you know, for learning to be effective, it needs to be behavioral storytelling involved. You know, it seems like there's more tools and technology than ever. You mentioned artificial intelligence earlier is, is mm-hmm. you know, becoming bigger and bigger and more prominent in our society right now. I think 2023 really is like the pivotal year of AI. Chat, GPT, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, and it, and the question comes like, you know, does that take over all the learning that we do? <laughs> or, you know, is there still a role for humans and how does that become more important? Oh man, I'm glad we're closing with this. Thank you. And I can't believe we're closing already. Wow. I could honestly, I could talk to you all day about this, but great question. So here's the answer. And I'm very clear about it. I'm very, this is why I'm still in this business. And that's why I'll still be in this business when I'm 80. I hope. I love it. Yeah. The future is human. We don't know it because here's, I'm going to give you a, a story, Andy. An old lady walks four floors up to her apartment building, carrying a bunch of groceries. And she gets up to the landing in front of her apartment. Mm -hmm. And she sees her neighbor, Claude, way down the hall, crawling on all fours. And she goes, Claude, what are you doing? He goes, I lost my keys. And she says, well, Claude, where did you lose your keys? He said, oh, back where you are. (laughs) And she said, well, why are you looking over there, Claude? He said, because the light's Where the light is, yeah. Yeah. Well, the light is on ChatGPT right now, yeah. big time. It's on AI. I love yeah. AI. When people yeah. told me what AI is, I thought I'll learn for myself. I'll go to MIT. Yeah. I'll take a class with the right. best guy in the world or one right. of them. And then I'll, I'll form my own opinion about it. And my opinion is it's amazing. You know what, Andy? If you go to the tech show in Las Vegas, and I, I will enjoy it. I'll go there someday because I'll yeah. enjoy all the new tech, football yeah. fields of tech, billions yeah. of dollars being investment. Right. If you walk out of there for a second and walk around the corner to a great school that's 15 minutes away from where that is, mm-hmm. and you go to the back of a grade two class, do you think there'll be hype? And do you think there'll be energy and, and, and massive amount of money saying, we got to throw this in? No, but you know what you will be in the presence of? you'll be in the presence of the most evolved, unbelievable system in the world called Mary or Marissa or Tommy sitting in their seats. If they in the CES could do one one hundredth of what your kids can do, Andy, and will do over the next 80 years, we'd be throwing trillions at them, but they can't. And the Mm -hmm. reason they don't, they're not is because they can't. And Mm. so, the human brain is mind-bogglingly different than AI. AI is incredible, but where the light is all shining on it, we're rushing to it to our detriment. I still think we should invest in it massively. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah. I'm looking at how I can incorporate it. Right. But believe me, we, we need really skilled people, which I have in my team, wonderful mm-hmm. little team that I've had with me for a long time, and they're yeah. incredible. We need people like that to direct it, to go, what is the strategy? Where do we want to go? And yes, it's amazing and all that. But you know what? Marissa and your kids, Andy, are mind-bogglingly more evolved Mm. than ChatGPT in so many ways. And we're really missing the boat because the light isn't shining there. And I think that I I personally, (laughs) I'm biased, but I personally think you know, technology is going to keep getting better at doing yep. things and getting us information that we need, but that's just going to place more and more importance on human connection, human relationships. That's what I keep trying to reinforce with my, with my kids, right? That that's going to be an even more important skill as we advance and grow. And ChatGPT will get better at even telling stories, right? Which is important oh. to us getting us information we need. No, you know, I'm using an AI recorder and transcriber right now as we record yeah. this. 
I've just subscribed <laughs> with a, a new piece of AI software that will actually uh, listen to this podcast interview and give us show notes and create like a blog post from it and everything to like awesome. give me the summary all because I, I want to yeah. try this stuff too like you yeah. like I want to experiment it but it's gonna, never going to replace gonna this conversation it. that no. we're having right now with each other right no it's not it's not and 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 I think because we don't truly fully understand what it's what it means to be human we haven't fully invested in ourselves we've invested in external things and but we haven't fully invested in ourselves to say what does it mean for me to be human yeah. what is it and if we really examine that i think the I, th I believe we're in a human revolution we just don't know it yet and yeah. i believe the world economic forum is I doing like us a disservice and actually doing harm to call us in the fourth or fifth wave yeah. of the tech of the uh, industrial revolution that's yeah. just wrong the industrial yeah. revolution and its legacy systems died two or three waves ago yeah we are in the human revolution we just haven't realized it yet and we need to yeah. Well, I love that. I'm going to keep investing in personal relationships as I keep investing yeah. in experimenting with AI yes. and technology. I and mean, maybe we can talk another time about how do we train to uh, stave off the robots when they do try to take over eventually in the <laughs> robot revolution. Hopefully we're a good 20 years away from that, but we'll see. Don, meanwhile, you have been investing a ton of money and time in creating amazing, immersive behavioral learning programs like Infinity. And I know there are going to be some people listening who want to find out more about that. So where do people go if they want to find out more information? Yeah. Do you want experienceit.com or to our website, experienceit.com or infinityinc.io, infinityinc.io. All right. Do you want me to share that on the screen? No, that's okay. We're, we're oh, mostly doing okay. this audio. So yeah. yeah, we got it. Experienceit.com Experience or infinityinc.io. Infinity Inc. Got it. Yeah, yeah, we'll put those links in our show notes. And Don, I think we're also going to be getting you booked to run a session on this in the talent development think tank community in the next few months as well. I don't think we have that booked yet, but I know we're going to get you on the calendar so that people can really like, we can screen share and we can ask questions and we can get people involved and tell stories and all that stuff. It's going to be phenomenal. Well, if I can just put a plug in, Andy, I've gone to a lot of conferences as you have over the years. I said this a lot of times when I was there, but what a great culture you've created. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you know, a grandmother that I once had, and she wasn't really my grandfather, mother, but I wish she was. I've had two good ones too, yeah. but uh, said a fish rot, rots from the head, you know, yeah. and there's a beautiful culture in that program that you've set up. And it's just a really great group of people that connect with each other and love learning. So yeah. what a pleasure it was to be there. So thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you so much, Don, for being there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you missed the conference and you want to get involved in our community to connect with the really great people we have involved and also hear more from Don and talk with him in the session that he runs, we've got tons of great sessions lined up for this year in the Talent Development Think Tank community. It's like an ongoing conference with Zoom sessions every week, a private Slack channel, tons and tons of recordings. You can find all the information about that at talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. All the info is there. You can sign up and join monthly or annually. You can reach out to me and book a call if you have any questions. Don, thank you again for being here. Really appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it.